You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Now, it's summertime, and that means it's time to start getting our trail cameras ready and our trail cameras out to start capturing pictures of velvet bucks. And our friends at Exodus are kicking things off with Velvet Fest. Now, what is Velvet Fest? Long story short, Velvet Fest is the opportunity for you to win a variety of different prizes just by purchasing Exodus Trail Cameras, one of the best trail cameras on the market. Now, until July 12th, when you purchase any trail camera, you will be automatically entered into a drawing to win a variety of prizes from companies like Wicked Tree Gear, Maven Rifle Scopes, Tethered Tree Saddles, and of course, Exodus Trail Cameras. Be sure to follow Exodus on Facebook and Instagram, and be sure to visit ExodusOutdoorGear.com for more information on Velvet Fest. Hey Steve, I'm sitting here in my uh, Houndsman XP t-shirt right now as we're talking. Uh, man, this thing's comfortable. Hey, that I like it, man. The graphics on that thing are super, you man. Know, um, yeah, buddy out there uh, at W Hound Supply agreed to put uh, his graphic art, arts guru to work, Bill, out there, designed this T-shirt for us, and and uh, I think it's hitting the mark. It's even got this flag on the back. They can, so it's patriotic too. Awesome. Yeah. Like I say, man, the people that want to support this podcast, uh, they can do that by contacting DU, getting a shirt uh, along with their order for um, all the great hunting equipment out there that they have to offer. At the same time, you'll be supporting the podcast. And uh, uh, we can't say enough about Buddy and all the crew out there at WU Hunting Supply. You know, I've been a customer with W Hunting Supply for several years. I've never been disappointed. Uh, they always throw an extra in there, whether it be a window decal. I've got refrigerator magnets, uh, all sorts of things. So I, I actually did a, live, a Facebook Live video with them yesterday as kind of a call-in deal. So uh, it was it was pretty crazy on that one. But uh, yeah, super team. So when you're when you're in need of supplies of hound supplies make sure you visit w hound supply and uh round up your order with with a t-shirt for houndsman xp yeah. podcast yeah when we're out and about doing these uh mobile uh, uh podcasts i want to be sure to look as good as you do chris well good luck with that <laughs> <laughs> well you can find your t-shirts at w hunting supply that's double U. And the uh, website for that is www.dusupply.com. This is a Houndsman XP podcast with your host, Steve Fielder, and me, Chris Powell. If you're ready to up your game to extreme performance, sit back, buckle up, and hang on for another exciting episode of Houndsman XP. Welcome back to the Houndsman XP podcast. It's a very exciting time of the year for me. I'm a... uh, uh, Sitting here in my W T shirt, my America T shirt. It's got a big flag on the back and with July fourth. 
coming up here really soon. And why do people, Steve, why do people say July 4th? I mean, why don't we say Independence Day? I, that's a pet peeve of mine, and I just did it. Well, it is. You know, over the years, Chris, people have tended to, to shorten these uh, holidays. I, in Memorial Day that recently passed, you know, used to be called Decoration Day. And it evolved into Memorial Day, which I think is appropriate. But, uh, you know, we tend to abbreviate Christmas as Xmas and those so- yeah, sort but of no, things. No, but nobody says, hey, have a great December 25th. <laughs> I get your point. I get your point. <laughs> right. I get it. <laughs> well, I'll, t- uh, I'll tell you what, this is going to be a this is going to be a great one. Um we're going to reveal some stuff in this show today that uh, a couple weeks ago we launched our uh, Houndsman XP logo wear with W Supply W Hunting Supply, and uh, that's going to be a big big plus for us. But uh, uh, I just kind of want to let people know right off the bat. You know, when you support us, this is this is the kind of stuff that you're supporting. What we're going to announce today um, with Ju- Independence Day coming up, and we have got Freedom Hunters, Freedom Hunters on the line with Anthony Pace. Anthony is the CEO of Freedom Hunters. Who, uh, just to give you the down and dirty, Anthony's going to talk about this in depth and and give us a real rundown on the uh, the working parts of it, but. Uh, Freedom Hunters takes disabled veterans, recently de- uh, returning deployed veterans, and Gold Star family members on hunting adventures, outdoor adventures across the United States. So uh, we've got Anthony on here. How are you today, Anthony? Doing good, Chris. Thanks for having us on on the line. Well, <clears throat> Steve, I know I know that uh, you've written a couple articles about. Uh, coon hunting or veteran houndsmen and and things like that so you got anything you want to throw in here well chris i'm uh, also very very uh, proud i started to say excited and certainly i am but i'm proud of the work that freedom hunters is doing as i look into it i'll be honest i i'm fair a fairly new convert but once I looked into the website and the Facebook page and see the work that Anthony, that you uh, and your organization are doing, it it really makes me proud uh, to be an American. I've always wanted to say thank you. You know, I, I served back during the Vietnam War. I, I didn't go to Vietnam. I served in Japan in a support role during that time. Had many friends that were in the war. My My family... We recently had a family reunion in Tennessee, and it was quite amazing. One of my cousins had done some research and found that almost all those boys up and down that river where my father was born had served in the military, and thankfully not one of them had been killed in action. But still, we're a very patriotic uh, family, and this audience that we have with Houndsman XP uh, shares that patriotism. Many, many of our listeners and those that that participate in the hound sports have served our country. And if they haven't, they're very, very proud of those that have and appreciative. So I, I'm I'm just very proud is the word I choose to use 
to be able to participate in this podcast today. We've also well, we got – you go right ahead, Anthony. No, I, I just wanted to say we definitely appreciate uh, those kind words, Steve. And, you know, we're very proud of, uh, of the organization and the volunteers that have made us uh, what we are. Um, you know, we've got great, great volunteers all across the country and, and great partners in, in helping getting guys and gals outdoors. Uh, so it's, it's great to partner with you guys and hopefully ex- expand our, our base and uh, uh, be able to serve more of those heroes that, that we want to touch. Anthony, do you want to uh, do the honors of introducing our other guests? I think you're the most appropriate person to do that. Sure. Um, we've also got on the line uh, one of our key volunteers, uh, one of the key people in Freedom Hunters as far as expanding our East Coast opportunities, and that's uh, Bud Taplachit. And uh, Bud has, has served on the board. He's was the East Coast coordinator for a ton of years and, um, you know, still currently serves and, and helps uh, get other veterans outdoors. How are you today, Bud? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's a, it's an honor to be here. Well, as a as a veteran myself, I can't tell you how how impressed I am with uh, Freedom Hunters and the work you guys are doing out there uh, all across the country. And uh, I just think it's pretty awesome that that we have a venue where these veterans can come back and and uh, have an opportunity to hunt and get get plugged back into to uh the civilian side of it if they're if they've discharged or if they've just recently returned from a deployment you know have have some sort of downtime leisure time to do some of these things so it's pretty awesome steve you have a thought well i just uh pre-show here we were uh i was chatting a little bit with bud and uh, i think uh bud comes from generally the part of the country that i come from and uh, we talked about retrievers, which uh, he he's very much involved in. And I was with the UKC when we started the Hunting Retriever Club, and I got to know a lot of guys that really enjoy the laps and and the duck hunting and all of that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, it's just crazy to me that no matter uh, where we go, uh, especially when dogs are involved, we can find some uh, a kindred spirit. And especially with working dogs, and uh, so uh, the uh, the idea of to be able to tie this podcast and what we love, which is hunting with hounds, whether it's raccoons or, or rabbits or fox or coyote or bear or mountain lion, whatever, you know, be able to tie the things that we're so passionate about with this deep rooted love for our country and for the men and women that serve our country and are serving our country. And I just think this is, this is just the most amazing thing that we could have done with this podcast. Chris today is to bring Anthony and Bud on and to talk about this great organization, man, I am fired up. I think this is just an amazing (laughs) opportunity. Well, you want me to, you want me to throw a little more chips on the table and uh, really get people fired up here. The reason we're, the reason we are speaking with uh, part of the it, part of the reason we're speaking today, uh, certainly to bring exposure to freedom hunters. But I contacted Anthony 
some time back and started a, started a discussion with him about using the Houndsman XP platform and also the network of houndsmen that are following us out there. Uh, some we don't know, but many of them we do know. But we are going to sponsor a Gold Star um, family member on an all-expense-paid lion hunt on the Navajo Nation in northeastern New Mexico this year during the 2019-2020 uh, hunting season out there. And, and this isn't just going to be, uh, you know, lining up an outfitter. We've got clothing sponsors. We've got commitments to have uh, uh, gear supplied for this for this young Marine. Uh, and, and our Gold Star family member is actually a Marine. So I'll just give you a real quick background on this deal. So uh, I'm not going to name any names yet, but uh, we've got a young Marine who's father i served with in desert storm and uh we went over to desert storm i went ahead and and discharged from the marine corps and uh, uh this marine stayed in and then did a deployment and during the deployment um uh, for the second gulf war operation iraqi freedom uh this marine was on a convoy and uh ended up getting hit by enemy uh, an enemy attack and uh instead of jumping out of the truck he manned a 50 caliber machine gun and engaged the enemy and was killed in action during that time so um his son is also a marine and uh is serving now so what a great fit what a great opportunity for us to sponsor something like this I lose that's everybody. A, no, that that's incredible. That, that's incredible. Thank you so much for for doing that. That that is uh, it's amazing that uh, you know not only are, are you able to honor um, your uh, fellow Marine, uh, but also honor his son. So that that that's that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. Right. Yeah. I'm. I am just absolutely. Uh, Steve, you're doing something strange on your computer screen here. I'm seeing a bunch of words and and uh, an article maybe that popped up here, but I'll get back on track here while you while you're uh, freaking uh, me out with the techno geek stuff down there. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go ahead and explain this a little bit further. Uh, so we've got we've got the candidate that it, Freedom Hunters is is uh, helping us helping us get there, uh, and we've also got a commitment to have a full t television episode done uh, by Carnivore TV, Gary Roberson from Carnivore TV. Of course, Calvin Redhouse is going to be the uh, uh, outfitter for this, and they are going to do an, a whole TV episode, not only to to uh, give video documentation of the hunt for our, for our veteran hunter, but also um, give exposure to freedom hunters and, and um, the cause behind what you guys are doing. So, uh, I appreciate you guys and the work you're doing, Anthony and Bud. Well, Chris and Steve, I mean, we can't say say thank you enough. Um, you know, it's it's been a long passion for for Bud and I and the rest of the volunteers, um, you know, to make this happen and to and to um, you know celebrate uh, the service and and the families that have sacrificed so much, and and to have you guys uh, jump in and um, you know grab you know, 
by the bull by the horns and wholeheartedly take take part in our mission um i just can't say thank you enough well it's definitely uh, like steve said you know i feel proud i feel uh, honored to be able to to pay some of this back our our podcast has taken off in a way that we never dreamed it would and uh, that was one of the things we wanted to be able to do is is not just be consumers and we, our main goal here is to contribute to houndsmen and hound sports across the united states and and i know that's what freedom hunters is doing too anthony so um steve you got anything you want to you want to add to that before we move on to introduce everybody to the nuts and bolts and the uh, of freedom hunters no, uh, not at all, Chris. I, I just think, you know, we as houndsmen, um, Bud and Anthony, sometimes are considered to be the, uh, uh, I, I hope I don't offend anybody, but the redheaded stepchildren uh, of the dog world. You know, we don't, we're not as well known as maybe some of the sporting dog breeds. Uh, not as familiar to some across the country, but there is a vast, vast community of hound people across the United States. Uh, when I was with the kennel clubs and worked with uh, one of the major dog food companies, uh, they did a survey and determined that raccoon hunting of a competitive nature uh, was the largest sporting dog activity in the country. So, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that we believe that we have a wide scope of influence that we can bring attention to what Freedom Hunters is doing. And certainly that is our goal, as Chris has said before. Uh, you know, we want to put a China big spotlight, and that term will be familiar to guys that hunt at night, uh, on this organization and what it's doing and the amazing work that it is doing and uh, show that there is an opportunity for everyone out there within the uh, sound of our voices to do something for these great patriots. Uh, and I'm really looking forward today to this visit to learning more about Freedom Hunters and exactly uh, the work that you do. Yeah, so I think at this time we just probably need to uh, to uh, shift over there to Anthony and and let him lay out Freedom Hunters. I know you guys are have been around for a while. Uh, you're you're sponsored by some pretty the most recognizable names in the hunting industry, and so tell us a little bit about Freedom Hunters, Anthony, and and uh, give us a little backstory. I mean, tell us how this whole thing got started and and uh, where you've come come from and where you're at today. Sure. Well, it's, you know, I, we took our first guy out, um, in 2006 and, uh, we've kind of built from there, you know, the first few years, you know, we only got, you know, 15, 20 guys out, you know, we're now doing anywhere between, you know, around 1500 guys annually, you know, 300 different events, you know, everything from, you know, simple half day fishing trips to, you know, backcountry elk hunts. And the nice thing is, is, you know, we've, we've built a network of, of friends and in the industry, sportsmen around the country that uh, come into us and, you know, say, Hey, I've, I've got this opportunity. 
love to take a veteran out. Not sure how to do that. Can you help? And we've, we've kind of been the e-harmony, so to speak, of <laughs> connecting sportsmen, you know, with veterans and uh, being able to f- facilitate that around the country. And it's, it's been exciting to, to see us grow. You know, we've got some great sponsors from, you know, from uh, Benelli, who's probably our largest sponsor and throws a, a sporting clay invitational for us every year to, uh, you know, chapters of conservation groups who will, you know, auction off items for us at their banquets. It, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, where, you know, where the support has come from and, uh, you know, the amount of passion and patriotic people out there who are wanting to support the troops. So how many, how many veterans to date are you up to? Do you have, I think you've got a counter on your website. Is that correct? Or something? It is. It's that. Yeah. And the, and the counter is a little bit off. Uh, It's something I need to update, but we've, we've gone over, you know, 9,000 veterans um, and family members since we've started. And what year was that you started again? Uh, 2006. So in 13 years, you've you've taken 9,000 veterans on these outdoor adventures. That's that's pretty amazing. It, it's exciting. It really is. And there's there's yeah. so much more that we need need to be doing. You know, we've um, you know we have an online application for veterans, um, and then we get contacted by uh, you know military bases uh, looking to get guys out as as well as past recipients and, um, you know, other veteran organizations who, who identify guys and say, Hey, we need, you know, this guy really needs to get out. And we, we have such a need. Um, you know, it's, we definitely have more veterans and family members that need to get out than we have opportunities at the time. And we're, you know, building every year, adding new adventures and, you know, have this lion hunt added to the mix is is just amazing have you ever done a uh have you ever done a big game hound hunt like this before uh no nothing like this i mean the closest thing that we've done and bud could probably get more uh detailed into that is we we have done some hound hunts for deer um out in virginia yeah bud, yeah. Uh, yeah weigh in here bud yeah, you know, one of the things that I want to want to say, and you know, you, you mentioned about the um, the hound hunting community, kind of, you know, as you said, not to offend anyone, but sometimes considered the the redheaded stepchild of, of of the hunting world. I will tell you, my experience here in Southeast Virginia is the hound hunters are the most patriotic and giving groups of people um, within the hunting industry. We have uh, here in Southeast Virginia, where I live, um, hound hunting for deer is a southern tradition. And I, I'm a Yankee. I came from the north. And when I first moved down here uh, 15 years ago and I heard they were hunting deer with dogs, I thought, what in the heck is that all about? You know, where I'm from, that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. Um, <laughs> and I started to meet some of the individuals with the local clubs. And um, when I became involved with Freedom Hunters, they were some of the first to step up and say, we want to help. We want to do something. And we've got a number of uh, deer clubs uh, here in the Southeast Virginia that every year put together some fantastic hunts uh, for, for the warriors here. You know, I live in an area that's one of the largest military bases 
Um, it, it is the largest military base on the east coast of the U.S., and uh, we've got a lot of lot of individuals here that would not have an opportunity to hunt if it weren't for the hounds people uh, of this area. So, a fantastic group of people. But yeah, we do we do a number of uh, deer hunts here each year um, with several of the clubs. Uh, the town that I live in, there's a there's a club here, a large deer hunting club. And they put on a fantastic event every year. Um, they usually host uh, one day a year. They'll have some property that they don't hunt all year long until it is the time for the veterans hunt. Um, and they'll have anywhere from 20 to 30 veterans out that day. Uh, and the club members um, don't hunt. They put together breakfast for the warriors. They get them out on the stands. They, uh, you know, turn the dogs loose and they're running dogs and making sure dogs are staying on the property. And the guys just, they come out of the woods, just grinning. You know, there's, there's been times where out of all those warriors, we didn't harvest the deer, but just listening to those hounds in the woods, running those deer and seeing the deer, you know, getting shot, sometimes not hitting, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's a fantastic group of people. And, uh, yeah, it's something that we look forward to every year here in, uh, in Southeast Virginia is these particular hunts because, you know, they put together a big dinner afterwards. Um, you know, the last couple of years they've had, um, things where, you know, biggest buck will win a gun and things like that. So, a fantastic group of people. I can't say enough. You know, I mean, the one club is uh, called Central Hill Hunt Club. Uh, they they are now going to put uh, together a a hunt day and involving other clubs in the area, trying to get all of the clubs at the same time in the area to take some veterans out. So this year they're looking at forty plus veterans, um, and they want to see this thing grow. As they told me, they want this to be the largest congregation of freedom hunters, hunters in the nation on a one day hunt and it's houndsmen to do it. And just, you know, can't thank that group enough. Well, uh, bud, uh, certainly, you know, you're preaching to the choir here with me. Uh, I was fortunate to have a 33 year career with those hounds people, uh, they certainly weren't all deer uh, doggers, uh, big game hunters, uh, and raccoon hunters, mainly fox hunters, beaglers, and all the sporting dogs. But I find uh, what you're saying to be true. Uh, we Over the years, there have been many, many efforts by hounds people uh, to raise money. There's a, a coon hunt that's held every, each year in Parsons, Tennessee, for St. Jude uh, uh, Children's Research Hospital that has raised literally millions of dollars and uh, various Shriners benefit events and uh, and uh, a cystic fibrosis event in Texas that's long running and all these hounds people truly do have big hearts uh, they're very passionate about their sport they're very much under the gun uh, so to speak when it comes to uh, the animal rights um, uh, onslaughts or, or opposition to what they're doing, but they very uh, they very much are giving, caring people, and it's good for me to hear uh, you say that from your perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, they're an amazing group, and um, even you know we had a young man here, uh, early twenties last year that put together a rabbit hunt. 
uh, for some veterans. And his whole family and friends came out, and they put together just a fantastic event for for a group of warriors, uh, you know, barbecue and, you know, great, great fun under the tents, you know, in between the hunts at lunchtime and just great folks. Can't, can't say enough about the Hound Hunters. They're a fantastic group. Yeah, that's uh, often misunderstood. And you said something a second ago there, Bud, about, uh, you know, being from, from the north and having some predisposed ideas about what actually went on. When are we going to stop killing our own when we're hunters, you know, uh, passing judgment and, and sitting back and make uninformed judgments about how other groups of, of hunters are doing things. And, uh, I, I appreciate your objectivity and, and being willing to get involved there because what, what military base are you close to there? Uh, I'm near Norfolk, Virginia. So we've got, you know, the, the Navy base here, both the, the sea and air base. We've got Langley Air Force Base just down the road from me, Fort Eustis. I think all of my neighbors in my neighborhood are uh, either active duty or veterans. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So uh, let's uh, let's drill down into to Freedom Hunters a little bit, Anthony. I want to I know... I want our listeners to know uh, how you select your your uh, veterans or your Gold Star family members. How does that how does that selection process work? How does a veteran apply? Things like that. Sure, and that you know selecting the the serviceman or family member um, is probably one of the hardest things we do. Um, you know, we have an online application. You can go on our website. Uh, freedomhunters.org and there's no you know apply for an adventure uh, button on there so veterans or family members can apply uh, for a person to, to be in our database um, so we have a database of you know thousands of veterans all across the country and uh, as an opportunity comes up uh, we'll we'll look at the opportunity and there'll be times where person who is offering the opportunity wants wants it to be for a specific branch or you know for a service woman or for a service man or for a gold star family member so then we go through the database and try to locate uh, the correct person for that logistically we try to find guys um, within an area that can drive to the hunt um, there are times where we can't do that so we we do have to you know fly them but for the most part we try to find people logistically close to the opportunity. And and then it's just a matter of, you know, looking at, uh, you know, abilities or disabilities, uh, you know, how they fit the hunt, you know, whether the person offering the opportunity wants to take somebody who's an experienced hunter or they want to take somebody that's a novice. And, and mm-hmm. to be honest, um, you know, most of the guys that we take out, are novice hunters. You know, they may have had an opportunity when they were younger to, you know, hunt with dad or grandpa or something, but, um, you know, being deployed and training and all that, a lot of times have limited their experience and the time in the right. field. So to get them, uh, out and experiencing something new, um, it's, it's big, you know, especially, right. 
for the guys suffering, um, you know, PTSD and TBI and, um, you know, a lot of times the guys will, uh, get in such a depression, you know, that, um, you know, sitting on the couch playing video games, um, it is all they want to do. They don't want to get out and they don't want to interact with other people. And we've found that, uh, when we get these guys, um, out on an outdoor adventure, that it, it turns their world around. It opens up their mind again, uh, gets them out there thinking, you know, I can do things. I don't have to be uh, a recluse anymore. And, uh, you know, with, with the 22 veterans a day committing suicide, um, yeah. you know, I think, I think a lot of that has to do with um, just no forward thinking. And so if we can get them exposed to something new um you know we've seen guys who have never been waterfowl hunting before Mm -hmm. and they get out on one trip and the next thing you know they're you're they're buying waders and shotguns (laughs) (laughs) and you know it they're excited it's something that they can grab a hold of i mean these guys are outdoorsmen that's why they you know they didn't join the service to go sit behind a desk you know, being outdoors right. and, and being part of um, nature is something that um, is inherent with them. So if, if we can get those guys exposed to more opportunities to get them, again, off the couch and out in the woods, it's, it's, it's all great. I just thought of a word that uh, – a descriptor that I'll throw out there, but honorable comes to mind here, Anthony – because what you're doing here is is honorable on so many different levels, um, helping your fellow man, honoring your country. Um, I can't. It's just honorable. I can't. I can't get past it. So, Steve, I know in uh, in our preparation for this thing, you had several questions that that you wanted to weigh in here and uh, drill down on a little bit. So, you want you want jump in. Yeah, You've been sure. Quiet for too long. Sure. Well, I'm just sitting here letting uh, Anthony's uh, remarks sink in and thinking about what uh, you know. The human spirit is such a precious thing and such a vital thing to living this life uh, to to the fullest. And to think that even one patriot out there is not doing that is very hurtful to me. And to think that that we in some way, uh, you know, I've, I think back to young people that I've taken on their first raccoon hunt with hounds or their first bear hunt with hounds and to see the excitement in their eyes and all. And uh, these guys, uh, and you talk about, uh, Bud talked about the guys coming out of the woods uh, all smiles, <laughs> even though they didn't kill a deer. You know, this hound thing is exciting. And it, and it calls up the, the man uh, or woman within each of us, that spirit, you know. And, and wow, you know, it's, uh, if we can turn around just one person that's suffering, uh, and give them a new outlook on life, then this whole effort, and I know you guys feel the same way, is just more than worth it. I did put down a few questions. Uh, when you select these uh, veterans, uh, Anthony, do you require certain physical uh, capabilities 
as a precursor to their application? I mean, do do, uh, do you provide uh, events for uh, those that might be uh, impaired in some way, or do they have to be physically fit? Yeah, we've we've taken guys, you know, who are missing three limbs. Um, mm. and, you know, we're we're able to, you know, fit that adventure with the servicemen. And, um, you know, again, it's uh, having a physical uh, disability should not prevent you from applying for a hunt. Um, mm. And a lot of the guys, uh, you know, probably 90 some percent, you know, really don't have, you know, extreme physical disabilities. Um, you know, it, it may be, you know, we've taken a lot of guys, you look at them and, and they, they look as strong as an ox. Um, and you think, how can, how can he be hurt? Yet that same guy's, you know, been through, you know, 30 different operations. He's got shrapnel all through his body. You know, his, his ligaments, his joints, his back are torn up. So he, he may look like he's, an, you know, as fit as an ox, but, um, you know, physically he may not be able to handle, you know, riding a horse on a backcountry elk hunt. So we have to, again, look at, look at each participant and look at each opportunity and try to fit the guy in the right opportunity. We're not going to put a guy who physically can't handle a certain hunt on that, on, on a physical hunt, you know, we'll, we'll find something, you know, um, you know, sitting in a duck blind or sitting in a, a tree stand or, um, you know, sitting on the edge of a field. I mean, you, you can, we can always pair the guy with the right opportunity. On that line, uh, do you let in the application? Do they request the type of uh, of hunt that they want to attend uh, or participate in, or do you direct them to something that you think is a good match for them? You know, we ask um, you know what your hunting experiences are, and so we can see a little bit. the The, the application is really not. Um, very detailed. I mean, it, it's not intrusive whatsoever for the guys. Mm -hmm. And, and so sometimes the guys are elaborate a little bit more one way or the other about uh, what they would like to participate in, um, you know, and what their physical abilities are. And other times it's, it's, it's pretty vague. So, you know, we get a general idea on, on what they would like to do or what experiences they have. Well, I have a question for Bud. Uh, this podcast, of course, is Houndsman XP, and that covers a lot of different venues. <laughs> uh, but we do get requests from deer hunters, uh, yeah. particularly in the South, uh, for uh, programs that speak to them. Uh, talk a little bit about a deer hunt with hounds, Bud, uh, there, and, and, and take us on a little uh, uh journey so or, or or a hunt uh if you will uh, how how does that all come about well um you know we, when we have a, a hunt offered to us and you know i, I mentioned the um the one club's name here that we have once again there's a, a bunch of clubs here we've got probably i think four or five different um hunt clubs that hunt with hounds uh that that offer opportunities so basically what they'll do is they'll contact us and say hey we would we would like to get some warriors out we'd like to help you out um they'll give us the number of warriors that they would like 
Um, and then we start contacting warriors uh, from the area that are have applied and are in our database. Um, and we'll if it's five warriors, we'll get five set up. If it's 20, we'll have 20 lined up. Um, you know, give them the date, the place uh, that we'll meet up with them, uh, get them to the hunt, we'll introduce them, make sure everybody gets out, uh, you know, gets fed, gets out on the stands, uh, has the equipment they need. As, as Anthony mentioned, we, we get a lot of novice hunters. We'll have guys that say, you know, I don't have a hunting license and I don't own a gun. Uh, you know, they, they may have a, a, you know, a home defense gun. Uh, I had a fellow last year that had one of the home defense shotguns, and he asked him, says, is this a good gun for her hunt deer with? I said, you yeah, know, we'll bring a gun for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we, uh, we'll, we'll set them up with any equipment they need. If they uh, aren't a hunter um, and need to get their hunting license, we'll take care of that for uh, for them. We'll, we'll get their hunting license. Or what's nice here in the state of Virginia is if we have enough notice on a hunt, um, the state of Virginia will actually waive the need for hunting licenses and state tags for that day uh, for the warriors. So we can make an application to the Department of Game and Fish here in Virginia um, and say we have, you know, 20 warriors this day at this location hunting deer, and they will waive, they'll send us a letter waiving the license requirements for those warriors. Um, wow. So that, that's, that's a great. great thing that the state does, and I wish more states would do that. Um, you know, it's... It, it seems like it varies all across the country. But, um, well, that sounds like something we could incorporate our various hound organizations around the country to get involved with, is get, getting with their uh, departments of natural resources or their uh, lawmaking bodies and get this kind of a thing enacted uh, nationwide. But drill down into the hunt itself a little bit. Uh, describe one of these hunts that you've been on. Okay. Well, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get the guys on the stand. Generally, um, the, the hunt clubs themselves will do whatever needs to be done, whether it be, um, you know, get four-wheelers or ATVs for those warriors that have mobility issues out to their stands. We'll get them on stand. Um, and generally in the morning, they may still hunt for, a half hour, an hour, till things settle down in the woods a little bit after all the activity of the moving around. And then the uh, these blocks of woods are very large. Uh, these, these may be uh, six, 700-acre blocks of woods or more. And they'll take the dogs to various locations, and it could be anywhere from from 10 to 50 dogs. And uh, various, loca- various locations uh, around that block of woods and uh, then they'll put the dogs to ground, and the dogs uh, just start moving about the woods. When they come upon, uh, you know, the uh, trail, um, they'll begin to, to follow that deer and chase that deer. And with moving that deer around, they begin to move other deer through the woods. And uh, it, it's a lot of very fast-paced excitement. You know, you may have, uh, I've been on hunts where I've seen uh, warriors shoot deer running at a full tilt. Just, just you know, hauling the mail. Uh, we had a fellow last year, uh, double amputee um, from Walter Reed, and uh, we had him on a deer hunt. And you know, we couldn't really get him back in too far in the woods, so we put him on a power line on the outside edge of the woods, and he hunted all morning and never saw a deer. And I thought, oh gracious, I, you know, I hope he gets an opportunity. And right after mm-hmm. lunch, got back in the woods. We put the dogs to ground. And, um, lo and behold, this buck came down, running right down that power line and 
you know, here we have to we have to hunt with shotguns um, on these hunts. So we're hunting with shotguns with buckshot. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how he did it. He must have been a heck of a marksman in the military because <laughs> this deer was on a flat-out run at about 90 yards, and he killed this thing stone dead in mid-leap with one shot. And uh, <laughs> this guy, he come out of the woods that day with that deer, and you'd have thought that he just – he just hit the the power ball. You know, the grin on his face was amazing, and he was hooked. You know, he he, he his first comment to me is, "When are we going to do this again?" You know, <laughs> and we got him out several more times, and doggone it, the next time he was on, he did the same exact thing. He killed a deer running flat out at you know at, at about eighty yards with a shotgun and. Uh, so he he thinks he's quite the deer hunter now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think he's it, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. I mean, even even the houndsmen that were there, we had a guy sitting with him uh, when he shot uh, the first deer on that first hunt, and he said, "I never in my world would have taken that shot." He said, "That deer, I never would have thought you could kill that deer at that distance with a shotgun." And he said, "That thing was stone dead in the air." He said, "He shot it folded up like you know." Just uh, somebody just hit it over the head with a hammer and uh, wing sh- wing shooting deer. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and uh, yeah. So I mean that you know it's hunts like that. We see that all the time. Uh, I had another hunt. I had a Navy SEAL on, and uh, he didn't see a deer the whole hunt, and uh, but he saw a lot of turkeys. And uh, I put him <laughs> on a second hunt, and uh, he was. I, I put him. Uh, I'm sorry. The first hunt we were on was a turkey hunt. And we actually were doing this with dogs. They do that with dogs here in Virginia as well, uh, right. which is amazing to me, you know, where they'll take and uh, they flush the birds out of the flock with dogs. Then you hurry up and build a blind and they call the birds back. And the dog actually crawls in a burlap bag uh, to, to be still and be quiet. And so I was amazed by this. And I had this Navy SEAL on this hunt. And, um, we flushed some birds and, uh, as we're sitting there waiting for the birds to come back and calling, we had an eight-point buck run by us. So uh, that fall, I put him <laughs> on a deer hunt, and uh, he uh, he texted me. I wasn't on that hunt. I was at work. He texted me, and he said, I don't know what's going on with freedom hunters, but you put me on turkey hunts. I see deer. He said, now I'm on a deer hunt. I've got turkeys all around me. <laughs> and I said, just be patient. It'll happen. And about three hours later, he texted me a picture of a, of, of a nice buck on the ground, and he said, you were right. It did happen. There so, you go. Yeah, there's awesome. so many, so many great stories come out of these, and and to be able to share that time with the warriors in the woods, and, and for the houndsmen, I mean, it, for many of them, they've come to me and said, it's life changing. You know, I have we have one fella um, at this one club here that does a big hunt for us each year, and he had uh, two grandsons that were serving um, in the military, and, and um, one was killed in action, and they were twins. Mm. One was killed in action. And, um, after they came back, um, the twin brother, um, you know, suffered a lot from survivor's guilt and, uh, he ended up taking his own life. And this hunt means so much to that houndsman. Um, he just, he just grins the whole time and he, you know, just hugging these warriors and and just, you know, is so thankful for them. And and he's been through so much, uh, you know, his family has been through so much that it's an honor to to partner with him to give back to these guys. So it's pretty amazing. But I want to ask you a question, um, you know, service dogs and, uh, support dogs get a lot of 
news these days, uh, a lot of media time. What are the veterans' reactions to these hounds? Uh, a lot of times the general public is uh, mis- either misunderstands or is misled about uh, the hounds. And uh, to give you a real quick relational story here to, to kind of bring this within the frames, the first time I hog hunted in the South uh, with Mike Cauley, we go down there and, and uh, we've got we've got all these hounds and stuff, but there's also this other dog called the catch dog, the bulldog, yep. and it's a pit bull. <laughs> and so when you're from the when you're from Indiana, <laughs> yeah, pit bulls pit bulls are usually on the ends of a drug dealer or you know something like that. So and they're used to keep policemen out of houses. Yeah. Uh, and I've dealt with that several times and I'm not disparaging against pit bulls, but I had a predisposed idea about what they were. And as we progress in this hunt, um, uh, I saw that these, these dogs were simply hunting dogs and I'm walking past the front of a four wheeler and, and they had a platform rigged up there. And, uh, one of these bulldogs was on the front platform and, you know, when you first get there, you're kind of keeping your distance and you don't know what to do, but I'm walking past this platform, this white, white bulldog with, with a, a brown, he looked like Petey off a of little rascals. He had that, that, uh, brindle patch over his, over his eye there. As I'm walking by, he, he kind of tilts his head and puts his paw out, you know, trying to get, get my attention. Cause all he wanted was petted. So, yeah. um, we have these predisposed ideas about certain types of dogs. And a lot of time houndsmen are, are painted as people that that don't care about their hounds and things like that but what are the veterans reactions to these dogs it, it, it's pretty amazing you know um i've been involved a little bit on the uh the military working dog uh side of things um i've seen what it means to the warriors to have a dog with them in combat operations um and uh, that having a dog in, in theater um, not only as a working partner, but for those warriors who aren't the working partner, to have that dog there gives them a sense of comfort and well-being. And when you get them out on these hunts with these hounds, you see that same thing happen. They they're, they're, they gravitate towards the dogs. Um, you know, <laughs> I've had warriors send me pictures on, on hunts where a hound would come by and, and they'd be sitting on a stand and they'd have the dog there with them and they're sending me selfies of them with the dog saying, you know, I've got a best buddy here on the hunt, you know? And, um, yeah, they, they gravitate to the dogs because, you know, it, it's just natural for us as human beings, at least most of us, um, to, to want that, um, that, that giving spirit of that animal to be with us. I mean, you know, dogs give us everything and, and all we give them is, you know, a place to live and food, and and hopefully we give them some love. But you know, dogs, dogs give us a hundred times more than what we give them. And these warriors, um, it's just a comforting thing for them. And well, you know, amazing. you know the old, you know the old joke. You know, if you want to know who loves you more, your wife or your dog, lock them both in the trunk for a half an hour and see which <laughs> one's happy to see you when you open it up. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Hey, yep. Guys, I was a canine. I, I, I was a canine. Oh, 
Go ahead. I was a canine handler for uh, for seven years with the uh, state of Indiana in my job, and and I can certainly speak to that bond you develop. Uh, they just become a partner. They become there's a lot of you know everything about that dog and that dog knows everything about you it's so amazing how much is picked up on by these dogs uh, just by being around you all the time knowing your actions knowing when you're agitated uh, it's just amazing and and this it's it's definitely uh something that when you're living with a dog every day non-stop man they just become a partner and that's why you see so many stories about uh, these veterans that come back that had this situation with them, uh, with a, a, a relationship with this dog and, and it's a pretty amazing story. Yeah. Steve, yeah, go ahead. A couple of little things. When I was with the AKC, I saw a film that was made about war dogs. That was very, very, uh, moving and, and informative. And, and just recently, uh, well, yesterday, in fact, Ella and I went to an, uh, a matinee and saw the movie that's out now, A Dog's Journey. And I'd never really thought about, I'm not, I don't think I'm much uh, 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 of a believer in uh, reincarnation, but that story is of how this dog goes through several lives and interacts with the family. And it really was, I mean, I, I was all weepy-eyed when I walked out of the theater but I think there's just that natural connection between the human spirit, as I said before, and the canine. You know, I've got an old plot hound out here uh, in another room that's ten and a half years old. He's been with me since he was three. He's been a member of this family uh, since he was three months. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, there's just a bond there that's hard to describe. But I think that's it. it it's, you know, therapy dogs, hospitals, whatever, you know, we know that the, that we are encouraged and feel better about ourselves when we're around the dogs. And anyway, that's all I've got on that. Yeah. Have I, you seen I, any, Bud, have you seen any bond? And I, I want to get this question in quick uh, and move on. But uh, have you seen that bond between the houndsmen and their hounds? Yes, and that was the comment I was going to make. That you know, houndsmen a lot of times get a bad rap um, because they've got maybe they have a kennel with ten hounds or fifteen hounds, and obviously there's a lot of maintenance and upkeep. And these people have jobs too, and um, so a lot of times, uh, at least here in Virginia, the houndsmen are, are, are under a lot of pressure, um, you know, from the antis. I mean, here where I live, very strong southern hunting heritage and hound hunting heritage. Well, this is also the home base for PETA, and so there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of pressure put on them, and you know um, the bond between the houndsmen and their dogs. Uh, you know, you, you watch them. Um, maybe maybe you're on a hunt and, and you're preparing, and you see these guys getting their dogs out, uh, getting them ready, and you know they're they're loving on those dogs, and they're they're it, it's a family member. Yeah, that dog may live outside in a in a kennel. Um, but it is a family member for them and, uh, you know, they care for those dogs and, uh, you know, it, it, it's what a huge commitment to, to have 10 or 15 dogs that you feed and, and Lord, the vet bills, you know, to care for these dogs year round to maybe have a month to hunt them. 
I mean, that is a commitment, and, and that commitment only comes through that bond and that love for that dog. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you mentioned PETA being right there in Norfolk. Uh, if anybody doubts the the financial backing that PETA has and what a threat they really can be, take the boat tour of uh, the shipyard there at Norfolk, and while you're on that boat, look up and see the multi-level glass-fronted building that says PETA on it. I mean, that's a multi-million dollar building right there that is being funded to take away our rights. And I just, uh, it just, I took that tour and I saw it and I thought, wow, you know, how are we going to combat that kind of money and that kind of support? I didn't mean to take that rabbit path, but it, you said something about PETA being there and sound like a good opportunity for me to keep pushing yeah. the, the agenda on, uh, you know, coming together and uniting and, and uh, keeping our hound sports safe. Yeah, and the only way to do it, as you mentioned, um, is for the hunters across the nation. The As I mentioned, the Yankees like me from up north, um, you know, that have a misconceived notion of how I'm hunting. Uh, we, we shouldn't be interfighting amongst hunters. We should be, you know, working together to uh, to try and, um, you know, I'm not going to say put Pete out of business, but try and show people what this really is all about. You know, I've got friends that are, and coworkers that are vegans and, and don't believe in the sport of hunting. But when I sit down and I talk to them, uh, you know, I hunt because, uh, you know, number one, it's, it's in my blood. This is part of who I am and I consume what I, what I, what I harvest. I'm not out. I'm not, I'm not the bloodthirsty killer that PETA makes, makes hunters out to be. I'm out there, I'm providing for my family. I'm helping these warriors and things like this. And he surprised a number of them that, you know, when we first talked, would, uh, you know, maybe be a little aggressive towards what I do to by the end saying, you know what, I understand. You know, uh, it just takes all of us working together to educate folks on what we do. Right, right. It's just, we don't want to keep harping on it, but I, I don't care if you're a backcountry elk hunter in, in Colorado or a, a deer houndsman from the south. Um, we've got to we've got to put aside these feelings and and come together and unite as hunters across the board. Exactly, Steve. You, Steve, you got uh, you got something you want to throw in there? Well, no, I agree, of course, with what uh, what's being said. It's all true. And uh, the purpose of this podcast from the very start was to bring people together, bring hounds people together uh, under a common uh, uh, tent or goal uh, to preserve this for future generations because we know what we do is good. Uh, We just need to be better salesmen and better ambassadors for the dog sports. Um, I'm still interested in – Maybe Anthony recalls a, a special hunt that he attended or whatever. Uh, maybe it was with dogs or maybe it wasn't. That was particularly uh, interesting for our, our listeners. I've got a few follow-ups to that too, but uh, go ahead, Anthony. I, I'm I'm curious about this part. You know, uh, each hunt is, is special and you walk away, um, you know, with a new friendship with the Warriors, you know, um, I, I think the the first hunts that you end up going on are, are probably the most memorable. Uh, you know, I mean, I uh, ended up uh, taking a guy who was in Walter Reed. He had been there for, uh, I think at that time, th- 
three years and ended up being in, in Reed for another year, year and a half. And, uh, you know, country boy from Kentucky, um, you know, being out in the woods was, you know, what he loved to do and, uh, cooped up in, you know, in the Washington DC, Baltimore area, um, was killing him. And, uh, so he came, it, we came to know about him through, through a mutual friend. Um, and, uh, so I ended up, uh, taking Todd on a, on a crazy adventure. Um, we, uh, I got him off the plane. We flew into, uh, uh, Southern Florida, got him off the, the plane, an hour and a half off the plane. We, we were on the airboats, uh, chasing the hogs in the Okeechobee. And uh, so he, he got his, his first hog, um, that night, uh, the next morning we, we woke up and went, uh, turkey hunting that afternoon. We were, you know, fishing out on, uh, one of the inlets. Um, the next morning we went turkey hunting again. Then that afternoon they went, uh, deep sea fishing. Uh, then we went over to an alligator farm and, um, he was able to, you know, watch guys hunt alligators and wrestle an alligator, <laughs> you know, so it's, you know, to see this guy who had been struggling and, and, um, you know, basically melting away at a, at a military hospital, um, to, to see him light up and he never stopped smiling. And, uh, you know, still to the day, he's, uh, he's a friend. He's actually right now at, uh, rock castle, uh, shooting center, um, you know, helping four vets, uh, at a shooting event. And, um, you know, that's, that's the, I think the fun part about what we do is a lot of the guys that we get out on adventures end up turning around and coming back as, as volunteers and, and helping, uh, you know, push the message forward and, uh, you know, give back to, to their brothers and sisters. So my follow-up to that, Anthony, uh, obviously, obviously this is, is a lot of fun. You know, you're, we're providing, uh, uh, sport and an entertainment outlet for these veterans but what is the emotional attachment to this thing uh, i'm i'm looking at this and i'm thinking um what kind of emotional impact does it have to the people your volunteers let's talk about them let's talk about what kind of emotional investment they make to do this and what impact those veterans have on on the volunteers as well you know, it's, it's huge. And, um, you know, today's world is busy. Everybody's running, you know, a million miles a minute. They've got, um, you know, they got jobs, they've got, you know, kids and activities, um, you know, and trying to maintain a balance between, uh, your personal life and the activities you want to do for fun and to see the volunteers, um, give up weeks and months, of, of their year to help the veterans is, is amazing. And I think the reason they do that is, you know, they get the opportunity to get out with a guy and see him change, you know, right before your eyes, you know, they, they may come to the event and they're, they're quiet, you know, they're sitting in the corner, not interacting. And then by the time you're done, you know, they're best buddies with all these, uh, you know, the other veterans with, with the volunteers, with the outfitters. Um, I mean, it's life changing. And we've, we've had story after story of guys who've come back or their families have come back and said, 
you've changed his life. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like getting addicted to a drug or something, you know, you, you see, yeah, you see what, what difference it can make. You can't help, but want to do more. Steve, I'm going to let you take over. Cause I've got two crazy pups that just showed up at the door. And if I don't get them in the kennel, uh, they're going to be going again. So take this for a well, couple this seconds. Is a, a this, is a, this is a houndsman podcast. So they just want equal <laughs> time, I guess. That's right. You know, um, Anthony and Bud, a few years ago, and I think I sent you a copy of this, uh, Anthony, this morning. You probably haven't been able to see it, but at one of the coon hunts that I attended when I was with the American Kennel Club up in Kansas, I ran into, well, actually, I think I might have met him at our world championship, a real nice guy from northern Kansas named Bob Rader. And, uh, Bob, uh, you know, was low key, kind of a quiet sort of guy and very, very warm and hospitable. And just, uh, in a conversation, I think we were standing in line at the snack bar or whatever. He just mentioned that he had been, in, uh, that he was a Vietnam vet. And, um, of course I've always had a great respect for those guys because I had a lot of friends, uh, you know, I was um, graduated college in 1969 and uh, was drafted and, and chose to enlist in the Air Force. But a lot of my buddies went to Vietnam and some of them didn't come back. And uh, pardon me if I get emotional here. I don't mean to. But at any rate, Bob and I started talking and I found out that he was a, a much decorated uh uh, warrior. He had gotten, uh, I think, two silver stars. Let's see, he had two silver stars, two bronze stars, and a purple heart, and and several other citations for valor. And and I asked him, and he was very humble. And I asked him, could I do a story about him? And I did this story. It was called Coon Hunting Patriots. And I found out, you know, here was a guy that was severely, severely shot up in Vietnam. Um, when they got him back off the chopper, uh, they told that one of the comments was, you know, uh, uh, we, we're going to have to be careful with this guy because, uh, uh, you know, if we pick him up, he'll come apart. And he, uh, he made the statement he remembered say, telling to them, pull me by my hair because if I come apart there, I won't know it. Uh, but the long story short is that he did survive. And uh, and and then uh, the amazing thing was here at age 61, which now I think he's probably that's about seven years ago. He uh, and his wife uh, wanted to pay back. And uh, they belong to a thing called American Legion Riders, a group of motorcycle veterans that collect money all year to pay for college for children of, of veterans that were killed after 9-11. And the other thing is they put on a pheasant hunt each year up there in Kansas. So, you know, when I heard about Freedom Hunters, right away I thought about Bob Rader and I thought about his amazing story. And there's so many more stories like Bob's out there that we probably never hear. Uh, 
And I think the fact that you're searching out these people or at least accommodating these people and doing something so amazing for them is just uh, just way over the top for me. And I guess what I'd like to ask Anthony is how well is Freedom Fighters, uh, Freedom Hunters doing in terms of fundraising to continue this? And what can we do to help with that effort? You know, I, we've never been a cash rich organization. Um, you know, in kind has been uh, what has what has helped us probably the most. But there there are expenses. Um, hunting licenses, food, travel, you know, so it does, there, there are costs that, that we need help covering. You know, we've had great partners, um, you know, like Benelli, you know, last year they raised $85,000 for us, um, at, at the invitational. Um, but, um, in reality, we, we need more support, um, you know, from industry partners, from individuals, um, you know, if it's, you know, a simple $20 donation um, to, you know, larger dollar amounts, every penny helps. And, uh, you know, again, the more money we've got in the coffers, the more we can accommodate um, different opportunities. You know, we had a, you know, luckily we had money in, in the coffers and had an, an outfitter from Alberta, you know, call and say, hey, I've got a, I've got a wolf hunt. You know, can you get a guy up here in in a week and a half? <laughs> so, you wow. Know, <laughs> uh, with, with, you know, so it was, and it ended up where the outfitter had such a great time that well, the one guy was up there wolf hunting. He said, "I've got another opening in two two weeks. Can you get two guys up here?" And then he offered a third hunt for for one more guy. So, um, you know, to have the money in the coffers to be able to pull the trigger on something, you know, a lifetime hunt like that is, is important. Um, you know, we do the best we can and in working with, um, uh, you know, hotels or whatever to get discounts or donated rooms and, and whatever we can not to have to spend money on these outings. But bottom line is, um, you know, without having, uh, something in the bank, uh, we could never take advantage of opportunities that come up, um, all over the country and internationally. Well, what's the the best way that our listeners can get involved in helping you? Because I'm I'm sure uh, once they listen to this podcast, there's going to be a lot of people out there that want to get involved with the great work that you're doing. What's the best way for them to do that, uh, Anthony? Uh, you can always reach out to us um, uh, through our website, um, uh, info at freedomhunters.org. You can send us an email. Uh, we've got a donation button on the page. Uh, you can reach out to us there um, or through social media. Um, you know, we're we're always interested in and in hearing um, opportunities of, of patriots around the country and uh, seeing where uh, what new adventure we can uh, put together for our veterans. Well, if I'm a guy out here and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'd I'd love to take some veterans on a hunt. Uh, how, how, what's the process of, of, do you have an application for people who want to put on a hunt for, for veterans? Um, we don't, um, the best way to, to do that or start the conversation is, 
uh, you know, just reach out to us. Um, you know, I had that yesterday, uh, you know, young kid, um, they've got an, you know, a small outfitting business in Kansas and, uh, they do waterfowl hunts. And he said, you know, I want to, I want to take a couple of vets out. How do I get involved? And, you know, we just start, start the conversation from there. I you know, see. where are you at? What do you, what do we need to put this together? Are we going to need lodging? Are we going to, um, you know, what are the, what are the fine details of the hunt? And then we just start piecing it together. Every, everyone, every opportunity we have is unique. Uh, so uh, there's not really a, a form to, to help identify that with. It's just a matter of uh, forming a conversation and going from there. Sure. Well, I'm sure if we're contacted, uh, and I'm sure, Chris, did you get those puppies rounded up? Yeah, they've been going for about 45 minutes. It's time for uh, <laughs> GPS collars on those old dudes. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure if we're contacted, Anthony, we'll steer them in the right direction there and uh, and try to try to get these these uh, people that want to put on a hunt um, connected with you and and all perhaps more importantly those that want to support uh freedom hunters chris um it's back to you friend well um i'm kind of coming in after the game here it sounds like you guys were talking on how to support freedom hunters how to get involved and uh things like that i can tell you that we're going to have to wrap up here uh but um if you want to support freedom hunters Anthony told you where the website is, but I'll tell you another way that you can support Freedom Hunters and, and making sure that these sort of programs continue, and that's by going to W Hound Supply uh, and looking at their website and rounding up your order for any Garmin or equipment that you might be might be uh, purchasing there. But round up your order with a, with a Houndsman XP t-shirt. You'll support the podcast, and uh, we're going to continue to to build a relationship with Freedom Hunters over the next few years, and, and your donations will will help support that as well. So, uh, Anthony, you got any, any concluding thoughts that you want to throw in here before we wrap up? Well, I, I just want to say, you know, thank you to the Hounds houndsmen out there that have helped us in the past and you know looking forward to to meeting new new people through the podcast and and offering new adventures you know to servicemen around the country um you know it's it's a team effort um you know the patriots out there that are listening to this broadcast that want to help it's simple it really is you know you just let us know uh when and where and, and we'll plug a veteran into that hunt. And, uh, it, it's so rewarding. I, I can guarantee you'll, you will not regret that. Yeah. The houndsman's going to come away the benefactor as well as the veteran. I, that's, that's just a, that's a win-win situation for us there, Anthony. Bud, you got any, uh, concluding thoughts? We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and being with us. Sure. No, uh, you know, um, uh, I, you know, I mirror Anthony's sentiments. Um, you know, thank you to all that, that have supported us in the past, uh, those future supporters. Uh, you know, we, we Anthony mentioned an outfitter. You don't need to be an outfitter to, to support uh, Freedom Hunters um, with, a, with an adventure. Some of the best adventures we've had 
uh, here on the East Coast or simply a landowner that says, you know what, I've got some deer here and I've got some crop damage permits. Um, rather than me go out there and shoot these deer, why don't I get a couple veterans out here to do it for me, you know? And um, mm-hmm. you can change a life. You can change a life by helping these guys out through the outdoors. I, I've seen it. Uh, it's changed my life. Um, so I really encourage everybody. And, and like, like was said, um, you know, it, believe me, you're going to come away from this saying, man, I want to do this again. And why didn't I do this sooner? Um, it, it's an amazing experience. And, uh, you know, also want to thank you for your service to our country and all those houndsmen uh, out there that, that have served, uh, from the bottom of my heart. I thank you for the, the freedom and the protections that you've given me and my family and our country. Um, they're an amazing group of people, and we owe you a debt that can never be repaid. And but we're trying, and uh, we invite y'all to to help us try as well. I always get pretty humbled when uh, people extend their gratitude towards me, and I'm sure Steve does too. Uh, it means a lot that that we're appreciated, and and uh, it's really motivating to know that there are people out there who are. It's easier for me to give away my money than it is for me to give away my time. And um, I think that's true in a lot of different uh, commitments we make. But um, our time is something that's so valuable. And and the fact that you've got that network of volunteers, I'm sure you don't need any more volunteers, though, do you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we we are, uh, you know, we're we're a large organization that you hardly ever hear about. You know, we're not plastered on mail cartons and billboards. But, uh, you know, part of when I first got involved with Anthony, uh, our goal, uh, I was the first person in the eastern half of the U.S. to volunteer with Freedom Hunters, and our goal was to expand nationwide. And there are areas across the nation where we currently don't have volunteers. So, if you are interested in becoming a Freedom Hunters volunteer, um, just contact us. We can talk. We can, you know, we can work you through all the details, what all's involved, um, and, and go from there. And uh, yeah, we this organization. There are so many out there that need our help. With the number of volunteers we currently have, we can't do it. We need more volunteers. So if you're interested in that, I'm sure Anthony and, and I would love to talk to you. Well, one thing I want to draw us back to real quick, because I, I took a step away there, but we covered the fact that Freedom Hunters is a 501c3. Did we cover that? No, no. we did not. Okay. So Freedom Hunters is a 501c3 per uh, IRS tax code. So what that means is, uh, and I've been involved in a few, uh, is that your donations are tax-free. You can actually write those donations off. Uh, if you donate directly to freedom hunters, uh, have you ever, have you ever had outfitters that, uh, you wrote, I can't remember the legal term, Anthony, but, uh, letters of contribution for tax purposes, if they were an outfitter, a legitimate business. Yes. Yeah, we sure have. Yeah. So if you're an outfitter out there and you're listening to us and you want to get involved, then you can actually write, write the cost of your, uh, uh, hunt off as a tax donation. And certainly that's not the biggest motivator here, but at the same time, uh, it does give people an incentive to be involved in, in freedom hunters and donating to that cause. 
Steve, we're to you. You got any concluders? Well, I I can only say that this podcast has touched me very deeply as I recall uh, my friends, fellow patriots uh, that have given all that we can have the freedom to to have this conversation today. Uh, I just uh, so proud uh, to be able to talk to Anthony and uh, and uh, <laughs> I just bud uh, bud thank bud. you <laughs> almost, that's that age that's almost, that that's that age thing kicking in right there that's hey, it we have a joke here among uh, amongst us that I'm standing in the checkout line guys uh, you know I <laughs> I'm 70, he's way back in the line I'm 72. <laughs> And the old memory goes and comes sometimes, but no, seriously, it's been a great, great visit. I, I, I'm I'm just uh, happy that we can spread the word about Freedom Hunters, and uh, I hope that you get a lot of contacts from the people out there in the hound community. Thank you for the nice things you had to say about houndsmen. Bud, <laughs> and I'm sure that will be appreciated. And we hope to get some more programs talking about those people that love to chase uh, deer with hounds. And uh, I live in Florida, and it's a big sport down here uh, as well. So, but uh, that's all I have for the day, uh, Chris. It's up to you, bud. Well, you know what? I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking about the other day I, I made a post on social media. Um, as I was walking through a hospital, I saw a World War II hat uh, perched on a, an elderly, elderly gentleman's head. Um, and he was walking with a walker. He looked extremely frail. And, and when I walked up to him and, and talked to him and thanked him for my freedom, that is such a, that generation of people is, is disappearing from the landscape very quickly. And we can't afford to not take time to thank them. I, when I walked away from there, uh, I have no idea how old he was. He was he was probably late 80s, early 90s. But when I talked to him about, spoke to him, it was like I was talking to a giant of a man. It, it sparked that that spirit within him, that warrior spirit that lays deep within those those veterans and. We've got several veterans in subsequent subsequent conflicts and wars that that still need our support, and uh, uh, there's a never-ending supply of ways that we can get involved. And I really do appreciate Freedom Hunters. I'm I'm looking forward to being involved with Freedom Hunters in the future, and and trying to figure out more ways to get involved. And so. Steve, that's all I've got. Enough rambling from me, and you always close us out, so hit it. Hey, Chris, hey Chris if I could add one thing, this is Bud. Do it, Bud. Um, and, yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but I could talk all day about Freedom Hunters, but one point that I want to make is uh, Freedom Hunters, um, you know, we're, we're providing adventures for all generations of warriors. We've had World War II vets out, um, so if we've got listeners out there that um, are are – you know, uh, some of the organizations organizations are only post 9-11. That's not Freedom Hunters. If you've served, no matter what conflict, no matter what time period, 
we're here for you. So I wanted to, I wanted to just bring that out so that people didn't have the misconception that, you know, it was just for these younger warriors. Like I say, I've had world war two veterans out. We had a hunt that was guided by a world war two veteran, 93 years old. And I had trouble <laughs> keeping up with this. Wow. Man. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yep. would you, uh, would you also take uh, gold star family members from say world war two, Korean war conflict? Are they eligible? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's awesome. That's awesome. Steve? Well, Chris, it's been, it's been a great podcast for sure, one that I'll never forget. There's a fellow over in West Virginia, a bear hunter that's one of the hardest hunters that I ever knew, and he gave me the closing line that I've used on several of these podcasts one day when we were trying to start a bear, bear track and the other fellow's dogs were wanting to take it one way and his was going the other and he said this and I'll say it to you Chris you follow your hound and I'll follow mine